Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today we're up to episode 59. Now something that's new to my podcast that I've just started doing is that I've started creating workbooks for my podcast. So if you would like to grab the workbook to complete while you listen to this or maybe while you watch it, please head over to teacherspd.net slash 59. There'll be a pop-up that comes up, just enter your email and we'll send you the workbook so that you can complete the workbook and engage further and do greater depth of learning with this podcast episode. Now, today we are looking at motivation and how we can help our students to be more motivated, which clearly helps them to become lifelong learners. Now, one of the first things that you can do to help your students with motivation is to make sure that you are setting them a task that is challenging enough that it's beyond what they are currently capable of, but not so challenging that it is beyond their reach or that they see it as beyond their reach. Now, Vygotsky refers to this as the zone of proximal development, and it's that zone that is perfect for learning tasks to help your students to continue to develop and go forward, but not so far ahead that they think that they're never going to get there. Now, Mahali refers to this as flow. Because what happens when you have learning in that zone is that students get in the zone. They really start to focus in, they get sucked into the learning and they, get, they can't hear anything else that's going on, they're so focused. And they start to get in this flow of learning where they just go deeper and deeper and they learn more and more because they can see the success and they start putting in more and more effort. So the first thing you should do to your classrooms and your tasks is to make sure that your tasks are in that zone for each of your students. Now, of course, that means you might need to adjust those tasks and differentiate for your students to make sure that you're hitting those zones. But at the very least, set up three zones for your higher end students, your kind of uh, middle range average type students, and then for those who are struggling towards the bottom, setting up three different tasks to start with, and then you can even further differentiate that as you feel. Now, another thing that we need to remember when it comes to motivation is that for any task that's given to our students, they are presented with what's referred to as the dynamic dual pathway. Now, the dynamic dual pathway is essentially the student is going to choose between seeing this challenge or this task as something that's good for personal growth or seeing it as something that challenges their well-being and that they're going to fail at and that they start to get worried about the implications of if they get it wrong. And these two perceptions of the task, if they perceive it as something that is going to affect their well-being, then they're going to not be motivated to do that task. Whereas if we set it up so that they see it as really good for personal growth, that is going to be good. Now, students will often, I'm sure you've got this student in your class that just sees everything as a well-being issue and I'm not going to do anything, I'm not going to try. And because if I don't try, then there's no personal judgment on me. You know, I got 20% because I didn't try, I didn't do any study, so of course that's my mark. Okay, and they just can blame it on lack of effort. Whereas a student who sees it as personal growth, accepts the challenge, puts in the hard work and gets the result based on the effort they put in. Now, one thing that will influence this is your student's perception around the whole growth mindset thing. If they actually see that the more effort that they put in, the greater their cognitive ability will improve. And the whole idea of training your brain means that your brain will get better and stronger and improve their cognitive ability. If that's their perception, if that's their uh, look on learning, then they are more likely to choose personal growth. However, if they don't have that kind of mindset, if they think 
that they were born with a particular IQ that never changes and therefore uh, if they see it as beyond themselves they just won't do it and they see that as a sense of preserving their well-being. Now there's a couple of things that you can do to improve this. It's two things that are really simple. You could just change what you say and you can say something when you present the task to your student. You can say look this task is very difficult and most people take three attempts to get it right. Straight away that gives the student a sense of safety for those three attempts, those first three attempts that they do where hopefully they will also get it right or at least learn something and be on the track to getting there. Okay. Another thing you can do is you could remind them of a similar situation and how they were successful in it. So you can say, you know, remember when you had blah, like when you were doing this task and you were successful. Remember that? How did you do that? What was the approach? And help them to see actually I'm good at overcoming similar things to this and therefore they become more motivated to achieve this. Now, given that the students are choosing between personal growth and this sense of preserving their well-being, it also is important to make sure that you have set up your classroom environment as one where the students feel safe to make mistakes, where they are welcomed. In fact, I would say in you know, my class, I celebrate mistakes because it's a good thing to get things wrong when it comes to learning because it helps you to identify what you need to work on, what's next for you in your steps, in your process, in your learning growth. A few other ways that you can help students to choose personal growth is to make sure that they actually have really clear goals for them that they can self-monitor. So setting up clear learning goals for your students that they can progress towards is fantastic. And there's an earlier episode in the, this series of podcasts, I think it might even be episode one, which is all about setting goals for learning and the importance of that. So by doing this, you're allowing your students to have more motivation because they can see where they're going, particularly if that goal is combined with criteria and examples and that kind of stuff for what success is going to look like. Another thing that you can help is to develop their belief in their own ability, that whole growth mindset. You can help to make comparisons difficult. So make it hard for the student to compare how they're going with another student. And you can do that by focusing on their progress. If you actually focus on, you, know, you have improved this much compared to this person who's improved that much, it's harder to compare that. Whereas if you're just getting outright marks, you know, standardized test type approach, it's really easy to compare. And then students just go, well, my ability is low, they're, they're high, they must be good at maths, I suck at maths. But in actual fact, they have progressed way more possibly than the person who's at the top because they've worked hard and they actually have grown a lot. And so by doing that and showing them the process and how they're improving over time, that is something that will help to improve their motivation and help them to choose the personal growth approach. Because what we really want is for them to focus on getting a personal best, not about beating everyone else. You can also make sure that you're providing feedback that comes with a recipe for success. Now that means that you're not giving them the answer. You're actually saying, look, you got this wrong, you struggled with this. Now I want you to go and do this task and this task to help make sure that you get that right next time. And so you're not saying, you know, this is the correct answer for this task. You're saying, look, you're struggling with multiplication. So here, go and do this multiplication task and this one. And if you get both of those right, you know, then come back and try this again, or you will fix the issue that's going on so that you are progressing towards success. And by giving the students that step-by-step -step recipe, it only has to be one or two steps for them to do next to make sure that they're actually fixing whatever you're noticing in their task, that formative assessment thing. Make sure that you provide that step 
helps them to see, okay, I only have to do this and that will help me to get there and that's fine. And you're really focusing on moving forward, not on the task itself, not on the past. You're looking at more the process and how that can improve. And of course, make sure that you take every opportunity to transfer learning for the students. Help them to see that what they're learning actually relates to life, that it's authentic learning. And so if you can take your maths and actually make it real world issues that students deal with every day, or where you can use real things to actually go about the learning that helps to make it more authentic. Or if you take English and you know, uh, I talk to my sister about this quite frequently. Uh, She is an English teacher and in English, you know, they teach essay and essay structure and all that kind of stuff. And you know, why, why is that important? And it's important because if you have to persuade someone that gives you a very basic structure that you can use to persuade people in a particular direction. So that's really good for marketing if you're going to have to sell something in the future. It's also good for arguing with your boss. You know, my sister gives an example where she had to, she wrote an email using an essay structure that is persuasive, sent it to her boss who owed her money and actually got back paid. So the, the boss was convinced and back paid her all that money. And it was quite a substantial sum in the thousands that she got back paid because she had written that email and convinced him that that actually was what needed to happen. So making that connection and that authenticity to what you're doing is fantastic. Well, some strategies that I want you to put into place, you can start with any of these this week to help motivate your students to get to where they are going, okay? Try and make sure that you are addressing that. Address the growth mindset approach. Make sure students identify and know that actually their IQ is not set, that they can actually grow that through working hard and training. Make sure you start to use language where you refer to things like, you know, this task is difficult, it may take you three attempts. Or remember when you had a similar situation and you overcame it, how did you overcome it? This is really similar, you are a successful learner. The more you can set it up in that kind of framework, the more likely you are to motivate your students to choose personal growth over preserving their well-being. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time listening to this. If you liked this episode, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast or leave a review on the podcast, Island Apple um, podcast, or you can come over to Facebook or Google Teachers PD, leave a review there and tell me about the podcast. Obviously, make sure you jump over to teacherspd.net and check out, sorry, teacherspd.net slash 59 to check out the show notes for this episode and grab your workbook while you're there so that you can dive a bit deeper into this topic and think about how you can apply it even further into your classroom. Now, I would really like to connect with you. So please come and join us in the Effective Teaching Podcast community on Facebook, or you can follow me on Instagram at danjacksontpd. I would love to hear from you there. Well, until next week, enjoy your time with your students.